Hallelujah. Mm. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can just come together and worship you. And I do pray just through your Holy Spirit, you just reveal the truth of your word and that the encouragement that comes from you, your mighty hand in our lives, your mighty hand in this world. And God, we just uh, look to you to move in a powerful way. Just anoint me, I'd speak words of the Spirit and just open each heart to receive of the Spirit. So we give thanks to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now you can see the title to the message here is Chosen. Chosen. Now we'll, uh, we're going to spend some time well, this morning, of course, but also in probably the next few weeks going through First and Second Thessalonians. And one of the reasons, kind of let you know, looking at First and Second Thessalonians, probably they were, of the, all the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, this was probably his first two that we have record, so it, it's it's the first two, and he um, when he went to Thessalonica to share the gospel, really upset the Jewish people, and he always spoke to them first, and they basically threw him out of town. You know, they threw him out of town. They didn't want to have anything to do with it, and so basically, when he wrote this letter, he is talking to the Gentiles that did not the non-Jewish people that did not have a Jewish background. So they don't have, you know, in, when, you, when Paul was talking to the Jews, you know, Christianity, New Testament, everything is based on the Old Testament. When he talked to the Jews, they had a foundation, and he would speak to that foundation. When they have a situation here, I think, where in Thessalonians, is he speaking to Gentiles, he's speaking to those non-Jewish people without a background. They don't have anything. They don't have a basis. And so he, he's preached to them. So... With, they don't have a looking back. They got lots of questions. They go, wait a minute, I, we heard you say this. And so they're trying to figure this whole thing out without the Old Testament background. So I just think it makes it so, you know, for us today, because that's where most people are, unbelievers. They don't know. So as we get into this, it's important as he explains, that's his reason for explaining the things the way he does. And there's a lot to glean and understand when we see how he comes that we can really uh, helps us understand and so he tells these Thessalonians the Jews are God's people right amen they'll tell you and they, everybody else knew that they tell you but now but now Paul comes in and says I'm going to share the gospel with you now this is what he the letter he writes back to them these Gentile non-Jewish people look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 Verse 4. For we know, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. <laughs> I think. The Jews, we are the chosen people. Paul goes, we know. He says, I know God's chosen you. You. I mean, this is like a revolution, <laughs> okay? He's chosen you. It has nothing to do with the Jewish people. He has chosen you. Now, we want to look at this. And these are, uh, I mean, there's a pretty strong statement. Uh, I've never gone up to anyone ever and said, God has chosen you. You know, certainly not non-believers and certainly not believers. You know, it is. But Paul makes a point and he says this. We know. I know. God has chosen you. He has chosen you. Paul does not have any concern about the Thessalonians, 
and he is confident that God has chosen them. So he didn't have a problem with these people. You know, 1 Corinthians, all these letters have a theme. There's a reason that Paul wrote the 1 Corinthians, uh, which I love. But the title, the reason for 1 Corinthians, it's a book of correction. Because it's like, good grief. <laughs> you know, he had to come back and said, listen, you're off base on all this stuff. And he gives them all this information. It's a book of correction. 1 Thessalonians is not a book of correction. The Apostle Paul is really happy with the Thessalonians. He's happy with them, you know. And he goes, we know, brothers. Love my God. He has chosen you. He has no concern. And Paul is confident that he has chosen them. Confident. Now, we know that salvation comes from when we accept Jesus as our Savior. Amen? Okay? We accept Jesus. He's the one person. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept him. We are forgiven. Amen? And we are the chosen, therefore. <laughs> therefore, we are the chosen. We just became chosen, all right? God knew beforehand who was chosen, but we get it now. <laughs> now we recognize that we are chosen, all right? And also, we know that Christ works a change in our lives, okay, that is evidence of us being chosen, okay? Don't get the cart before the horse. So there's evidence of being chosen. Now, why is Paul so confident concerning the Thessalonians? Why? I mean, he just, no, you're, you're chosen. It's an absolute. What would give us, now be careful here, what would give us, give us the same reasonable confidence in others that you're chosen and eh, maybe not <laughs> no what would give the conf what would give us confidence to say no you we know you are chosen and um, what would be we know we are forgiven and chosen by God because we accepted Christ but what would be that we would have confidence really in our own salvation. Just confidence that, no, I, I, I know I'm chosen. Other than I've accepted Christ, you know, but I know that I am chosen. Yeah, what, I mean, what, what would be evidence that would just confirm and encourage us? Okay? That's God, chosen. Well, Paul is confident that he is that he has chosen the Thessalonians as believers, and he is confident because of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Verse 5 says why he knows God has chosen these people. So we won't pay attention to this. This is why he knows. And, and the reason I want to make a point of this is like, well, this, this, and we have all sorts of things out there. And Paul goes, no, this is, this is how you know. This is how you know. He says, I know you're chosen because, verse 5, because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. 
there it is. Right there it is. Now, I want us to look at this. Now, first of all, we'll look closely at these words. And it says, Paul is positive they are chosen because of the gospel who came to know you. Now, we know what the gospel is. Now, that's the word gospel. Gospel means good news. He's confident because the good news came to them. Now, as we look at the gospel, and it's used throughout the Old Testament, I mean, first of all, good news is all about Jesus. I mean, you can come from the virgin birth to the resurrection. I mean, it's all about Jesus, the good news. But specifically, specifically what we know in the good news, we go down to the bare foundation, you know, we can say, hey, the whole New Testament is the good news. Okay, read it. Now, let's go down to the bare foundation where we start the good news, and we can just fly from there. It is that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross. He died for us, resurrected. That's the gospel right there. That's the gospel. And I don't care what you talk about the gospel. Don't start any place. Don't start the virgin birth. Don't start the resurrection. Don't start... You start the first step, in my opinion. He paid the penalty for our sins when he went to the cross. We're forgiven. He arose. That's the gospel. We keep it real simple. Don't have to write a book on it. Carry a little card, a little flyer. That's it. That's what we base everything on. That's what we'd open up any conversation about what Christianity is. So now, the point of it is, he knows they're Christians. Why? Because our gospel, our God, not somebody else's good news, our gospel came to you. Okay? So that's his assurance. That's our assurance. So we heard that message. We believe that a message. But then it goes on to say this. Because the gospel came to them not only in word. Now, Here's, this is very interesting. The word for word there is logos. What is the Bible? It's logos. Okay? And he's saying to them, the word came not only, not only in the Bible. As we said, I mean, you just kind of, wait a minute. It's not only in the Bible. It came not only in word, but also in power. I know, I know you're chosen because something happened to you. And I've heard message, I mean, multitude, don't worry about, you know, what happened or struggles. Just know the word that you're forgiven. That's wrong. That's wrong. It says it right here. It's right here. Not only by word. Now, you needed the word, but you need something. Word, you needed the word, but also by power, something happened. And the only person really knows what happened is you. And as you start acting it out, people might say, what happened to you? See, because something happened. They recognize it. So it's not, okay, we just have a different theology. We just have a different discussion point. We just have a different view. No, something happened to me. Something happened to you. Amen? 
And that's what he's telling them. Now, now again, this is one of his first letters to church, to church that just got the message and he got all sorts of questions. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. You're chosen. And the word came, it, it the, not only came by word, but by power. Something happened to you. Amen? Now, it tells us something about us and the church and everything else. Now, as you re- go on and read this, and you say, you know, like, it's not only the Logos, the Bible, but it is power. Now, power is a word, this word power is dumas, where we get dynamite. Dynamite. So let's just use dynamite, okay? It wasn't only the word, it was because of the dynamite that happened in you. It's just like you swallowed, just like we swallowed a stick of dynamite, and it exploded. People noticed. (laughs) If you blew up in front of somebody, people would notice. He is saying that this power, the dynamite power has come onto you. It's not just the word. It is also, also in power. Now, it goes on to explain, and, you know, we've looked at these things before. We receive this dynamite power by the means of the Holy Spirit. That's where we get it. Well, where I get this, it's the Holy Spirit. What happens when we accept Christ? He indwells us. But women, technically, she's at the right hand of God. Who indwelled us? Holy Spirit with power. You can't, you get God, you got power. <laughs> you know, you got Jesus, you got power, you got the Holy Spirit, you have power. And what happens, there's an internal change that starts taking place. Okay. Do you have all understanding, all knowledge? You know, have you figured out all the intricacies of the Bible? No, you don't have a clue. And some of it's like, holy cow, something Happen, and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, I believed the word, and when I believed, I know it. I believe because it came with power. Okay, so we see this now. We have the Holy Spirit. This all in this one verse. This dynamite power comes through the Holy Spirit, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have full conviction. I studied so I could have full conviction. No, you save the Holy Spirit and you have full conviction and you don't know beans. You don't know nothing. I remember, I always, when I diverse, and you know this, and so I've told you before, I, you know, I should have in my head like a thumbs up or thumbs down when I diverse, you know, so I'm taking this as a thumbs up. But I, I remember this, um, He's actually a missionary, and he he was just, and I appreciate his passion to seek it with the depths of God. And but he was like, he always kind of had this feel. He just missing it, just a nice guy, but he just missing it. And I remember thinking, and I knew nothing at the time when I'm listening to him, so I would never say anything. And, and he's, I am going to go such and such seminary so I can have the deep inner experience of Christ. And I knew then, and it is proven correct, he didn't get it. You don't get it intellectually. You don't. 
Now, you get it and want to learn more, <laughs> and that's a good thing. But you get it first. You get the power first. And then the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. You'll notice if you go and see this movie, The Jesus, Jesus Revolution, and it, these people coming in there, they got it. And, I mean, they kind of made some big mistakes because they didn't know nothing. But they had power. You know, they were sick, but they didn't know. They didn't, and they were seeking knowledge, but they got the power before the knowledge. Okay, but so this is it, so, and that's just how he's presented here. And full conviction means, I love this definition, much and complete certainty. <laughs> how did you get much and complete certainty? I received the Holy Spirit. How'd you receive the Holy Spirit? I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, then I. When I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I swallowed a stick of dynamite. <laughs> the Holy Spirit had much full certainty, you know. And it's between you and Jesus, and you get it. That ties in why you can never convince anybody of anything. Don't try. If you can convince them, somebody else can talk them out of it. Jesus <laughs> in wealth. Nobody can talk about it. Nobody. See, because he's, there's, there's a presence that happened, and you know something happened, and it's like, you know, I've, I've used this before. You know, somebody can try to talk me out of that I'm married to Linda. And they may have a lot of facts, right? But it's not true, and I don't believe it. And especially, I know if I faltered, Oh, man, she'd be in the middle of me in a heartbeat, you know, <laughs> like that. So, but the point of it, so, I'm sorry, darling. You would just, because your love was showing me. But anyway, but so, do you see what I'm saying? But this is what this verse is saying. So what happened to the Apostle Paul said, I know. Oh, my gosh, these Thessalonians, you know, you, you don't have the background. You, but I know you're chosen. I know you're chosen. Because the Bible didn't just come in words came in power, dynamite power, through, through the Holy Spirit. And you have absolutely full conviction. Amen? So, again, that's how we know. I read the Bible 16 times. It don't mean nothing. It doesn't. Okay? Now, you read it, well, if you didn't have the Spirit, you wouldn't read it 16 times, probably. But people read the Bible all the time and don't understand it and don't believe. Believers can read the Bible and just come up. Oh, see, because you have to have, now the Bible reading it can lead you, if you have your heart seeking Him, can lead you into a point where you receive, and that happened to me. But it's because you know, from answered prayer, and I look, and then it, when He entered, and I'll share this with you. And I, I, I'm hesitant, so this is all personal. But, you know, I have a real, real close pastor, a friend of mine. And he would say, and he had talked to me early on. And I love the guy. He and we have a real good friend, friendship. He said, you know, sometimes you just go. I said, I just wonder, you know, if I truly believe. Sometimes it's just things happen. I just wonder if I accept. But, you know, I get together and, you know, I move on and, and stuff like that. He says, I'm sure you've had those kind of doubts. He told me. I said, no. 
He said, no, don't tell me. No, you know you have. I said, I haven't. He said, yes, everybody has. You have. I said, I haven't. I don't know nothing, but I know I'm saved. I'll never, you can't. I know it because something happened. When I believe, something happened. See, so I know. And he's a pastor trying to talk me out of it. You know what? No. Anyway, we're good friends. But it's just cool. But the point of it is, it's between you and Jesus. You and Jesus and what Jesus does. And and so the point coming back here, the, the Thessalonica, Paul goes, I know. Chosen by God. I know. Because something happened. Because something happened. You know. And it's happening while he's not there. I mean, he's writing a letter. He said, man, everybody's talking about something is happening. Now, so as we look at this, this is the, this is the uh, first evidence, like, of Christianity, of Christianity. And again, there's a, differ- there's a difference between what you know and who you know. There's a huge difference, all right? And uh, so, so what we see here, when we have this transformation, man, nobody can talk us out of it. We just can't. Just can't. Now, we know that we are forgiven, and we rejoice that we're chosen. Just chosen. We rejoice in that. If nobody knows but us, we rejoice in that. Okay, and again, I'll repeat here. It is not what we know. It is who we know and who we have received. Amen? See, this is... People, this is really, really important. Well, you just believe this, and I believe that. No, I know somebody, and I receive somebody, and that somebody's teaching me. You know, well, you don't know this. Well, he ain't taught me that yet, but, you know, I'll go, you know, continue to grow, which the Bible says, grow in your faith. Grow in yourself. You already know him and received him, now grow in what, in who you are. All right? So, that's, isn't it funny how the Apostle Paul, Paul can really pack a lot into one verse? One verse. Now, okay, so we have the few, so this transformation has taken place within us, and when the chosen receive Christ, a change, a turning, takes place from within. Now, notice what I said here, and this is where I said you have to go home and meditate on this. When the chosen received Christ, what were these people before they received Christ? I'm just causing problems. I know that. They were chosen. They were chosen before they received Christ. I mean, this is what it says. They didn't, I accept Christ and I'm chosen. We accept Christ with the, we were the chosen. But God goes, I know who you are. I knew who you were before. Lynn and I were talking the other day, and, and just, it's just people we know over the years. And we just see people just raising good families and even Christian background and, you know, go to college. They don't believe nothing, you know. And we meet people that have the most horrific, background in the world no christian influence no way on god's green earth should they ever know anything about christ 
accept Christ through transformation and just powerful. God, the logic of your physical surroundings are not making sense to me. He said, well, you being chosen has nothing to do with your physical surroundings. It has everything with me choosing you. Amen? This is what you go home and meditate. Don't come ask me why. I mean, so, but you see where we're coming from. See where we're coming from. Now, so, when the chosen receive Christ, a change, a turning takes place from within. Now, I want you to look at here. Now, we're going down a few verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. This is the same conversation. He says this. You turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now, this is proof he's not talking to the Jews because they weren't idol worshipers, the believing Jews. So you unbelievers, you pagans, separated from the chosen people, you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. I know, I know you're chosen God. I know. See, now I want you to look at this. To me, I think this is a really provocative verse here not provocative but really powerful verse that helps us understand some things okay this verse you really need to circle this put a star by it or anything this verse is the definition of repentance it's the definition of repentance okay the term repentance literally means to turn you said, I always have a picture. You can see these certain pastors, they're sweating, and they have a handkerchief, and they're patting their forehead. And they go, repent, repent, you know, right there. Turn from your sin, repent, you know. And when I hear the word repentance, that's what I think of. I even have pictures of people in my mind when I think of repentance, you know. It says, repent. Well, that's not what this says. Repent, that's not what repentance means, okay? Repentance is you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Repentance means to turn. Now listen closely. Repent means to turn to God. It does not mean to turn from sin. Okay? Driving you legalists crazy. Driving you crazy. Repent means to turn to God. All right? Now, what happens by turning to God, I'm going to hit this iPad right here. You can all see it right there. Sin. Just sin, this iPad is sin that just controls my life. Wallace, turn to God. What did I turn from? What did I turn from? Nobody told me to turn from sin. 
That's the reason people that don't know beans come to know Jesus and they'll start serving Him. Because they repented. Well, they, they turn to God. Huge error to tell people to turn from sin. They, I'm telling you, me and you, okay, you know, you don't have to answer this, but I know. You don't have the power to turn from sin. You can't do it. You can't. Go ahead. You know you tried whatever it is. I'll never do that again. And you don't for at least 30 seconds. You know, I'll ne- all of a sudden, as soon as you say you don't, you know what you think about all the time is what you shouldn't. Oh, not that, not that, not that. But if you turn to God, you forget about that. You forget about that, and the Holy Spirit empowers you to do follow Him, and you're so busy following Him, you don't have time for that. Y'all with me? I mean, this is huge. huge. I mean... It, Someone to snap and say, repent is a condemnation. It's a con- they're condemning you to a position you can never get out of. Ever. All right? But when you look, repentance, it's not about turning from sin. It's all about turning to God. Therefore, we preach turning to God is turning from sin. When we turn to God, we serve serve Him. Okay? Turn away your sin. Stop that. Don't put that curse on me. Do the sign of a cross. You know, no. Don't curse me like that. You go, turn to God. Well, I'm just caught in sin and sin. I said, who are you looking at? I'm just looking at God, but I'm caught in sin. No, you're not. You're looking at sin. You, you have eyes in the back of your head? No. You look, they, no, look at God. And if I look sin, I could get over my shoulder, a little equilibrium's off, and, you know. You with me? See, repentance is turn to God. You don't have to preach turn from sin. And that's the reason... People like the Thessalonians and stuff like they come to know Christ and their life changes. Have a whole. You, have you ever gone through the Bible? And I did this because I didn't have any church background. And I read through it and I read something. And it's like, you know, say, you know, you shouldn't do this. And I read this. Oh my God. I didn't know there's anything wrong with that. I, God, I didn't know that was a sin. I mean, really? You're not supposed to do that? I mean, I didn't know, you know, but I didn't. Do it. I wouldn't do it because I was turning to God and I wasn't there. Because as I followed Him, I was there. See? Now, isn't it powerful? How could the Thessalonians, how could He say to this group of, you know, of uh, non Jewish people, you know, I know your children, the Jews, oh man, they get fun. But I know. I'm not there, but I know. I know. Because you turn to God. And you're, you're falling and making mistakes and stuff, but you're moving in the right direction. And you've got lots of questions. I'm going to try to answer these questions for you. Amen? I mean, this is huge. For, this is where freedom comes from. And I tell you, who puts you, who takes away your freedom? Are people in the church. Yes. Why are they doing that? I don't do that. 
If you just turned to God, you wouldn't be paying attention to what they were doing. See? You see what I'm saying? I mean, it makes so much sense. It hurts. I mean, it really does. But, well, if I don't tell them what's wrong, they'll do anything. Well, no, if they turn to God, they'll do what God wants them to do. But if you keep telling them about sin, they're so focused on sin, they can't hear God. You know, you're making them miserable, and they're going to make everybody else miserable. You all with me? So it's really powerful. That's a great little verse. I mean, that's a great little verse. You believe in repentance? Yes. You turn to God. Automatically, you turn your back on sin. That means if somebody's grabbed up sin, okay, you, got, you can't do that. You can't. No, oh my God. Here, let's focus on Jesus and what he wants for you. And let's walk with him. Come on, let's just walk with him. Talk. Don't, break their, don't bring their attention on their sin. Because that reinforces their sin and takes their eyes off of Christ. Y'all with me? This is so powerful. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. Now, so, here we are. We've turned to God. Thus, automatically turned her back on sin. We're serving God. And <laughs> we, the chosen, know that God is sovereign, and he has chosen us. I want you to um, I'm, well, I will. How many in here have accepted Christ as your Savior? Just go raise your hand. I want everybody to raise your hand. Okay. You're the chosen. I mean, you're the chosen. You now, the Lord says, just act like it. Well, how do I act like it? Repent. What are you going to do? God. Right. Now you start moving where God's taking you. But he's doing that, and he's doing that, and she's doing that, and I can't do that. And do you can't do all that and look to God. You know, you, you look in, and you know, somebody's messing hard. You have this old southern saying, ritual preset. You see something by messing up. You have your eyes on God, and they're messing up. You go, well, bless their heart. <laughs> bless their heart. They'll get out of it soon, you know. God bless them. You, you see what I'm saying? All right, so powerful little section here so we know god is sovereign and the biggest miracle of all is he chose us i mean that's the biggest miracle of all. well i don't know why he doesn't choose everyone everyone i don't know why he chose me that's the biggest issue i got why did he choose me so we know he's sovereign he has chosen us we are his chosen but now listen carefully but he has chosen us he is sovereign but he moves through us to share his word and to cooperate with him. That making sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. He chose them. Well, then save them. <laughs> you know, good God Almighty. You know, do something with them. But no, he said, no. I, if you're, if you're chosen. I'm called upon to share your truth with the people that you have chosen. Now I'm asking you, how do you know who's chosen? You don't. So what do you got to do? Share it with everybody. And somebody come to know the Lord. I said, well, son of a gun, there's a chosen. 
You know, you never go, wow, look what I did. No, you're surprised as everybody else. Oh, wow. Look, I just found the chosen. How did you find them? I shared the gospel with them. And they go, I believe. See? Listen to this verse. This verse, this verse really should give you a headache. Okay. We're going to jump to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. This will be a meditation verse. For you. Do not print this out and put it on your refrigerator. Just don't. It's just not going to make any sense. 2 Timothy 2.10. Now what we're talking about, you're chosen, you're not a chosen, the chosen are the elect. All right. 2 Timothy 2.10. Timothy. Therefore, Paul's saying, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect chosen. Paul goes, this is what he's saying. Paul says, my ministry is to the chosen. My ministry is to the elect. I do everything for the elect. Y'all with me? That's what he says. Then he says then, I do everything for the elect that they may also obtain salvation. No. You do every. I mean, if they're elect and chosen, they don't get saved. I'm not, you know, spending my time with them. I got other things to do. I'm not, right? Why is he slaving and giving his time to people God has chosen and is going to take into heaven for him? He's done it. Why do I have to sweat, perspire? So that they may obtain. Is the elect going to attain? Or may obtain? Right here it says they may obtain. You can't be elect and may obtain. But that's what God says. That's what Paul says. I have to talk to the elect so they may, may, might, hope the goodness, obtain salvation. Think about it. Think about what this says. So God, now God's got all this figured out. I mean, you know, see, we're worried about God and you know, everything's going to hell in the handbasket. <clears throat> He's he not worried. He's he really not. But we're worried. And we're looking at this, and it's like, you know, I, there must be like some English term to explain why this sentence is incorrect. You don't strive to do something so they may obtain what they already have. They already have it, so why do they strive to obtain it? Y'all with me? I'm driving this thing home because I'll make a point. Don't slide over it. Don't slide over it. This is when you go home and meditate on. But look what it says. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But what the Apostle Paul is saying here, that he endures everything. I mean, I mean, what the guy went through is unbelievable. He gives a list of the pain he went through. You know, I mean, so I'm going to whip you with the chain, you know, if you share the gospel with this guy. So, okay, that's fine. God will get him. That's fine. He's elect. I ain't telling him nothing. You know, get a whooping for it. <laughs> but no. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, for the exec, for the sake of the chosen. Why? That they may obtain salvation. How do the elect receive salvation? 
we tell them. God says, I choose them. You tell them. And they both work together. You choose them. I choose them. You tell them. But God, why don't you just tell me which one? I mean, man, I'm just getting rejected like crazy. These people drive me nuts. And, you know, nobody wants to hear about you. No. You tell everybody. Tell everybody. But they will be elect that I've chosen that will respond from what you say and I need you to tell them. That's how it works. That's how it works. See? And so let me summarize it like this. Now again, we're going back to the whole thing, a chosen. And we're seeing how God's hand is interwoven into this and it's interwoven to our free will that needs to complement and cooperate with God. All right? So, let's let God be God and let's be obedient to his word so that God's chosen will come to know him. What is that? Now, just put it like this. How does that work? Well, first of all, you've got to tell everyone, because he's not going to tell you who's chosen. I mean, that would make it so much easier. He's not going to do that. So you go to a party, and you've got 20 people in there, and God goes, one of these are chosen. What's your, what are you going to ask? Which one? Yeah, I'm not telling you. And then, so we've, we've all experienced it like that. The people who come to know the Lord are the least likely. I'm fine. I don't want to talk to him. Well, you know good and well. You know that's the one God chose. You know, that's a future Billy Graham that you refuse to share the gospel with, you know, like that. But so you go, but now you think, be walking the room. Oh, well, you share the gospel? Yeah, because God has chosen someone in there. And to know, we got to share the gospel with everybody. <laughs> and God's happy about that. God's happy about that. So, you know, the insight, insight. I'm going a little long. I got, here we go. All things are sifted through God's hands. Therefore, we have confidence. We have confidence because all things are, but God, if I was you, I would. And he goes, that's why you're not God. Anyway, we confidently serve. Now, here we go, and I'm kind of shifting gears here, but we confidently serve while waiting in great expectation for God to move. I moved, and you should move when I move. God goes, you know. I move, and you move. But you ain't doing nothing. See, you all know my private time. You can tell already the discussions I have with God. Because, no, okay, so here we have, but God says, I'm going to move, and I'm going to jump ahead and tell you when I'm going to move. Look at 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. The chosen, this is what we know. And it says, now he's bragging on the Thessalonians. You wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who deliver us, who delivers us from the wrath to come. They know. Everything they do, they know. They wait for the Son from heaven who was raised from the dead. 
Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. All of a sudden, we're in a different, we're in a different world. We're in a different spiritual realm. And we're operating in the same realm as God. And we know Jesus is going to return and he will deliver us. Who's the us? The chosen. And we know. Who knows this? The chosen. The chosen. Okay. It's chosen we should understand. While serving and waiting, we know that Jesus will soon return and deliver us from the wrath to come. The word wrath is a state of fury and strong anger. As believers, we know that God will judge the earth because of their rejection of his will. Wrath is already on its way and thus quite near. It's promised and it's coming at a certain time. So we're closer today than we were yesterday. See, I mean, that's what he's saying here. It's quite near, but we do not fear. We don't have any fear because Christ will deliver us from God's wrath. People go through wrath and hard times and people's wrath. Believers never go through God's wrath. Never. God never brings his wrath on his people. Now, we must suffer terrible. When he comes, we are exempt from his wrath. Early Christians saw Christ's return as imminent, and we likewise should have the same anticipation. The concept of wrath, the concept of the wrath of God, is a striking reminder that God is totally opposed to everything that's evil. He's going to deal with it. I mean, he is going to deal with it, we know. The church reflects God's truth in this dark world. Therefore, the church is reminded to come together as things grow worse and worse. And the time of Jesus' return approaches. Now listen, this is, and I think this was fascinating when I looked at it. God's going to return. What do we do? And it's like, don't worry about it. I will deliver you. But look here. As chosen, as chosen, we have a command as we're waiting. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Oh, my God, everything's going to hell in the handbags. Better get together. Better get together and encourage one another. Pray. You better come together. Believers are commanded to meet together. Christians need each other even more so when things get worse. It all amazes kind of that things are going to hell in the handbaskets and people aren't going to church total opposite of what God says. The words not neglecting to meet together certainly mean to a church service, but it certainly includes informal gatherings too. It certainly includes both of those. There is power in the church. Neglecting to meet as a church is a serious weakness for any believer. Therefore, we should purposely make every effort to keep meeting together as we see the day approaching. How many of you said, I cannot believe how bad things are? Well, God knew, and he said, what you need? You need to keep meeting together as believers 
stirring one another up, encourage one another, because we, we win. <laughs> and Satan can, can more so uh, convince us we lose when we're alone. When we're alone. It's kind of like a lion. You ever watch a lion hunt wildebeest? See, I watch, like I said, I watch too much television. And no one wants to sit with me and watch a lion hunt wildebeest, so I have to watch it by myself. Anyway, but it's really cool what they do. They just, they pick one off and get them off by itself. That's the first thing they do. They get it by himself, and then they kill it. See, that's what Satan does. I can get you by yourself. I can convince you of most anything, most anything. So, he said, they approach as we continue to do that. Now, this is, I'm close to the end here. When we have Christ's mind, okay, when we have Christ's mind, our mind changes. We have Christ's mind, our mind changes, all right? I promise you, I can convince you of nothing, you know, really. But when Christ touches you, you're convinced. You're convinced, see? Now, God has revealed to his chosen, he's revealed to his chosen, see, nobody knows this, Christ has revealed to his chosen the truth of his return and the following judgment okay he's revealed to us amen the truth of his return and his judgment okay if he has revealed it there's a verse for us okay we agree god has revealed it he's returning back there's judgment okay here's here's our verse second peter 311 second peter 311 now this is what the chosen know since everything will be destroyed in this way what we've been talking about, and in Peter, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? <laughs> now think about it. If we know, do we know this? And he said, well, what kind of people should you be if this is what you know? He says, you ought to live holy and good lives. You know, what? No, because you know what's going to happen. You know, you know what's going to happen. If you know this is true, what kind of people ought you to be you know loving and being consumed god has given us everything for enjoyment that's what the bible says but but loving and being consumed by the things of this world you know it's it's like having a party on the titanic it is it's like hey, you can have a party you know but the, that sucker gonna sink I mean, you see what I'm saying? And that's what he's saying about the world. Everything's to enjoy. But listen, this thing, everything is going to burn up. Don't put your all into it, you know. Use it as God shows you. But, but don't put your heart and soul there. So he leaves us with this, or I went to James. So it's chosen, it's chosen. We are informed. See, people don't know this. It's chosen. We're informed. We're blessed. We're powerful. I mean, we've been swallowing dynamite. Okay? Therefore, it's chosen. We live wisely with great expectation just because we know. And we just know. See? Repent from sin. No. Turn to God. See? Really helpful. So we'll close with this. James 5.8. James 5 eight. you also be patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen? 
And we know. We know. You know. We look at the world and go, we know what's happening. We know. I mean, little just a, God says, I bring up kings. I bring down kings. We, we know. And again, I, I just, and I'm just using it general. I'm not picking on anybody. Do you, do you think Jesus knew that President Biden would be president? What are you doing? He says, listen, I got this. I, I got this. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> You're coming to join me in my conversation with God. What are you doing? He says, I raise up kings. I bring down kings. Well, I don't like the one you raised up personally. You know, he, who are you? I love what Job did when he was talking to God. And the first thing God said to Job when he spoke to him at the end, he goes, who are you? That's what he said. Who are you? And it's like, and I know that's the reason I'm not serious about talking to God, because he'd go, who are you? <laughs> or he'll say what Jesus said. You err because you never read the scriptures. So I just, in case you want to talk to God or Jesus, you be ready for that is the first statement, you know. But he leads us. We won't be encouraged. Well, let's just close with that. But the whole closing here, you ought to be patient, establish your heart. The coming of the Lord is at hand. He's going to take care of all of this the way he wants to. He wants to. There's no country on this earth that is God's country. God will come and bring his kingdom that will replace all kingdoms. All kings. He is the king. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness and love. And Lord, I just praise you. That you give us direction. And Lord, that truly that we can walk away. That we individually are chosen. And receiving the fullness of your blessings. That we are chosen. And that you love us deeply. We are chosen that you work on our behalf. We are chosen that you put us all in other places. That we can share your work with the elect. With the chosen. Which you have sprinkled. You have sprinkled your chosen all over this world and all around us. We thank you, dear Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.